podcasts are pretty common. So what makes the Uncommon Podcast uncommon? Well, it's all in our name. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and we at Uncommon Sports Group understand the unique pressures and temptations that come with a career in the sport industry. We provide Uncommon training that helps you successfully navigate common challenges. Hit the follow button on this podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Check out our website and become Uncommon. What's up, USG fam? Welcome back to The Uncommon Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and I'm excited to be joined today by a fellow Butler University alum and the man known as the dog guy, Evan Krause. Evan's official role at Butler University is senior marketing manager, but the most prominent part of his role, in my opinion, is to be the head of Butler's live mascot program, as well as being the owner and trainer of the world-renowned bulldog mascot, Blue. The mascot side of the sport industry is rarely discussed, so I'm excited to have Evan share more about his role at Butler and the impact that his program in blue has had on Butler Athletics and the university as a whole. Evan, thanks for being here with me today, man. Of course, no. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. And before we get into fun questions about blue and about what you do at Butler, I would just love to start the conversation by learning more about your journey, because obviously the role you have is unique and one of a kind. So how did you get to the role you are currently in at Butler? And did you ever envision yourself doing what you do now? Man, that's a, that's a loaded long question. So I've been, I've been around the higher ed athletics landscape my entire life. Mm -hmm. Uh, My, my mom's side of the family was involved in athletics at Indiana university down in Bloomington. Um, and then both my sister and I decided to kind of start our own little legacy here in Indy. And we, we both went, went off to our own ways at Butler. So we had two parents who went to IU and then uh, we ended up going to Butler. It was great timing for, for both of us. We got to see some, some great basketball. So as a, Mm -hmm. as a, as a high school student, my sister was a few years older than me. Uh, She was a cheerleader for the, for, for Butler. And I got to see the likes of the Matt Howards and Gordon Hayward, mm. Shelvin Mack play basketball with her free cheerleading tickets. So yeah. fell in love with the school, fell in love with the atmosphere. I was the kind of uh, high school student who definitely knew that they needed a smaller school environment, mm. which was very easily found at Butler. And yeah. just really fell in love with the community and family aspect that we have here on campus. It's it's it truly this is going to sound like the most marketing cliche ever but it is it is definitely a family aspect here here on campus so Mm -hmm. uh, i ended up coming here myself um first year really trying to find out what my my role was on campus i i played tennis in high school but wasn't wasn't the all-star athlete to be able to to pursue any collegiate sports Mm -hmm. uh i picked my major based off of its name luckily it stuck well uh, and digital media productions, uh, but was just trying to figure that all out. Uh, when I was when I was walking around as a high school student, though, I I, I did follow Butler Blue the second the mascot then, yeah. um, taking pictures of him when it, when he went around just like any other normal fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he retired and Blue the third came along, and that kind of was what got my my gears going of 
well, how does this whole process work logistically? And I see that they're on t-shirts and they have stickers and they have uh, blogs and how does that all come together? So mm. uh, I was always kind of curious about that. And then my sophomore year at Butler, uh, Michael Calton, Mark, who we refer to as the dog father of the live mascot program, he was mm. the handler of blue two and three and kind of uh, has propelled the program to where it is now. Mm. Um, when I took it over, uh, he was looking for around 20 students to volunteer with the live mascot program at Butler. Mm. So I applied um, and I lied on that form a couple times. First, I said I had a Twitter account. I did not have a Twitter mm. account. Uh, and then it asked if I was allergic to dogs, which I am highly allergic to dogs, <laughs> which is hilarious given That's my profession. So funny. But I got the role as a volunteer. Uh, there were a couple buckets of student volunteers. And so I was actually a videographer for the Live Mascot program. Mm. I would go to a few events here, there, take some video from Michael to put out uh, back on the Facebook back in, back in the olden days. Uh, and then I just really worked my way up. Um, I kept showing up for things. I kept being available, expanding my skill set until senior year of college. This would have been 2012, hmm. um, or no, 2016, 2012 was high school. 2016, I was, uh, the first official intern for the live mascot program. So oh. I spent 15 hours a week. I went to the games with Michael and Trip, did hmm. the whole deal. Uh, and then after that internship, I, uh, was graduated and they brought me on full time as the first time in the first person in the country to be uh full time just to a life mascot. So mm. Michael still owned Blue the Third, but um for all intents and purposes, I was doing a majority of the handling, mm. the social media content, things like that, till it was time for Blue the Third to step down and retire. Mm. Um Michael had decided that after 16 years of mascot handling uh, which is a very lifestyle uh, uh, lifestyle altering job, as most most sports jobs are. Totally. Um, his kids are growing up. He's got a teenager now and a preteen. That it was wow. it was time to to move on. Mm. Um, so he passed off the uh, metaphorical leash over to to my hands and yeah. helped me launch Blue the Fourth. And mm. now we're here. That's awesome so cool to see too how it wasn't super intentional that you would be in the role you are now certainly the the stars aligned where uh, that ended up being the case and, and I can attest to being a, an alum that the mascot plays a huge role at Butler and and even just in terms of the marketing of new students that are getting accepted to the the school and attending and athletic events right especially basketball and it's really cool to see just how that program is used uh, to market yeah. Butler and, and especially on Twitter, right? Blue's Twitter account is, is crazy impressive. So I love to see it and love where you are. And it's cool to me as well that you've spent eight and a half years at Butler as a staff member. That's, that's impressive. And I think something that is so common is a lot of young professionals are seeking that next opportunity at that different institution or different team. What have been the benefits for you for staying in one department, one organization, one university for all these years? Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I have uh, intense loyalty to many things. Uh, my wife would tell you I, I use, I'm a brand loyalist. I'm a person loyalist. It's just kind of my DNA. Maybe I was yeah. uh, meant to be a dog person all along. Love it. Uh, and so that that is my my biggest thing is I'm ride or die for, 
for my people and for that. So in terms of how that's benefited me is first off is the mentorship that I received. Mm. Um, Michael really did take me under his wing when I was 19 years old um, and kind of helped me grow until it was time to push me out the nest. So that mm. was a big part of it is um, to be able to have that relationship. And now that he, even though he's no longer here at Butler mm -hmm. and he was here for, for North of, almost 20 years. Wow. Um, he's still a, a great mentor and friend mm. to me and my family. Uh, so that would be the biggest piece that you get, I would mm. say, yeah. um, is those relationships with your, your fellow staff. Now I do see benefits of other perspectives, points of views of other yeah. locations or other industries or jobs. However, I have loved being here for as long as I have. Yeah, it's it's really a cool testimony, and and I, to your point, right? There are so many unique situations, and there's nothing wrong with moving to another organization or university. But to your point, I think there can be a huge benefit to that loyalty aspect in nurturing your own growth underneath leaders that you can trust. And, and I just think too, sometimes the grass isn't always greener. Uh, you may think that it it might be, but sometimes I think if you're in a place that is caring for you and helping you grow and giving you opportunities, right? You had to wait for a number of years to be in the role you are now. I'm sure that took a level of patience and trust in, in that. You have no idea. A right. lot of unknowns, a lot of, uh, a lot of patience. And what I'd like to tell people is, uh, you only see the best of the best. Yeah. Um, it's very, it's very similar to, to the comparison game you can see on Instagram and, and Twitter. Mm -hmm. If no one's really putting out the, the days where they really don't love their jobs, Totally. Um, out in the world. Yeah. So it, it's important to remember that as well. Mm, it's so true, right? And I think that's a, a really important note yeah, to, to see. And sometimes as well, the, the better logo or better brand doesn't always mean a better opportunity for you and a better uh, culture, right? Sometimes you got to think about those those factors as well. So I love that you've had some loyalty there. And, and I, again, I can attest it is a great place. So I'd love to, love to hear that. And I think this next question, it's, it's even hard for me to totally understand all that you do in your role, right? I'm sure it's not all dog related. There's probably certainly some professional elements to it that relate more to marketing in the university. So talk to us about your day-to-day -day responsibilities and in, in really specifically with Butler Blue. And then what are some of the highlights of your day-to-day -day work? Yeah, absolutely. And it's recently changed a bit. Um, just about a month ago, I accepted a new role here at Butler, an elevated role of is a long title, Assistant Director of Digital Content Strategy. Love so I, I oversee a team now um, and oversee all of Butler University's social media hmm. uh, and, and digital presence. So uh, that, in, that includes our Butler University official TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, mm -hmm. Twitter, LinkedIn, threads, if that's going to live or not, right. um, as well as blues. Uh, and, and managing the team now is important for me in the perspective of I am now 29. Uh, I should not be making TikToks. Uh, I know that. Uh, so we have we have a great team. That's we have uh, Trinity Charles. He, she is a, a very recent grad. She just graduated mm -hmm. in May. She does the actual day-to-day -day postings on the accounts and the cool. management there. Also has a great video background. Mm -hmm. And then Blue also has an intern. Um, his intern currently, her name is Grace. She's a current student mm -hmm. uh, with that digital media. So I've transitioned into a lot more managerial role of yeah. How do I empower these two to use their skills to relate to the audience? And that's the biggest thing that we're looking for right now, especially on the university side, is just yeah. 
social media is now about building community mm -hmm. and how can we turn our accounts from just broadcasting out noise and announcements to fostering relationships over a digital space. Mm. Um, and so that's, that's a big part of my role now. Yeah. But the nice thing as the managerial role is I'm not into the day to day, so I can still, uh, be very involved with blue things. So, mm -hmm. um, when I'm not planning for Butler social, I'm working through blue social, yep. um, in terms of the, I can just walk you through the random stuff I've done this week. So we, yeah. we firmed up his uh, so, social content for the holidays. Mm -hmm. So he'll have a, a plethora of uh, content going out for all the, the major winter holidays coming through um, with an increased, increased uh, emphasis on video content, obviously. Yeah. Uh, firming up his travel schedules. I just uh, had to make sure he had a seat on the plane for uh, the upcoming uh, trips to out to Georgetown and Yukon. Mm. Got to make sure we're up on that. Yeah. Um, we can get into this a bit later, but uh, we're not housed in athletics. So that's a mm. big change in our program from other schools is that we are in university marketing. Mm. So the benefit to that um, is that blue is in reality, the mascot for the entire university community. So mm. that can be taking him to basketball games, but that could also mean, that he goes to um, the Nutcracker performance that our ba that our ballet department puts out, which is a huge uh, deal for those that don't know Butler University. Uh, in in the show that happens, it's a huge deal. Yeah, huge deal. That Nutcracker is a huge deal. Yeah, uh, it also means he helps out with advancement and mm -hmm. visits uh, donors as well as probably the biggest, unique, and most important aspect for a private university. Uh, is admissions enrollment mm, yeah. uh, it's a huge deal to make sure that we have students attend yeah. and so blue has a program where he surprises prospective students at their doorsteps with their admissions decision mm. um, he's the one who lets them know that they've been admitted to butler so, uh, we do about 50 to 100 of those a year so that takes up a big chunk of time mm -hmm. but that that personal touch is really what makes uh butler butler as well mm -hmm. as another benefit of having a live mascot absolutely so cool. And I think to your point that he's a university mascot is very unique to a lot of other organizations, universities. And and just a follow-up question that I did not write down, so this may, may be as a surprise. How does Blue's role differ from the other mascots? Think of Georgia has a bulldog, right? Uh, kind of a, I'm not a huge fan of his name, but it's UGA, right? UGA. Yeah, UGA. Uh, so, right. so yeah, there, there's 58 schools with live mascots. Mm. Um, and we have really taken the role as the unofficial official caretakers of the mascot list. So wow. we have, we, we hosted the last live mascot conference. Mm. We're in constant communications with everybody. Yeah. Um, we have group chats of all of the mascot handlers just to, if we have questions for each yeah. other, it's, it's a very vast background. That's cool. um, so it's, it's very, it's awesome. The, the conversations that we have are incredible and there's no way that they happen anywhere else from mm. food storage for bald eagles to training to baby bears down in Baylor. It's just a wow. whole thing. Um, and really what it boils down to is the, per, the respective universities, uh, will and ability to give the mascot program freedom and control over themselves. Mm. So here at Butler, after years of, of arduous work and, and proving the, the benefits that the live mascot program can have if done well and correctly, mm -hmm. then 
it's a huge ROI. It's it's a great way to foster uh, goodwill to your campus community. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other schools who maybe can see it more as frivolous or a liability, or they don't have the staff or the funding to put a full-time staff team mm-hmm. behind a live mascot, which is fully true. Yeah. Or maybe it is just an athletics mascot. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that you'll see at the football game and mm-hmm. they'll be on the co- on the field or the court and that's it. Yeah. Um, and that's fine for them, but we really think and, and see that it can be much more. Yeah. So we meet, we meet regularly as a group with the other live mascot handlers. Um, and a lot more are turning to this new model of Mm -hmm. being there for the students and being more of a permanent fixture on the campus rather than Mm -hmm. seeing a celebrity on a red carpet. Yeah, absolutely. And that is so true. I mean, again, I can attest from my time there that, I mean, I was there actually for the changing of the color, which was pretty cool. Um, but both dogs were very accessible to students and honestly, I think more known as a dog that you would see for the university and not just for the sports teams, which I think is, is really unique and a very awesome way to use the mascot. Uh, I think it does, it does wonder for the students to really connect well with the mascot and the university. So totally agree with that point, but I did want to follow up and ask, how does your role and blues role connect to athletics? What does that look like? just from the seasonality, right, of, you know, football is big at Butler and obviously basketball is king, uh, but there's sports going on throughout the entire school year. So how does he connect to athletics? Yeah, it's, it is a, a very interesting relationship, and luckily there's great people over in athletics, so where it's not a problem. Yeah. Uh, but we are two separate entities, uh, mm-hmm. but we're two separate entities that have a, a mutual respect and mm-hmm. see that we both can benefit from each other. Yeah. So obviously – uh, the basketball team is Butler's bread and butter. That's mm-hmm. it, it's hard to not admit that basketball is our biggest ticket seller, our most notable program, the one who gets on Fox Sports. Yeah, um, that's just how it is. Yeah, um, but we do have a bunch of other sports as well. So Blue Absolutely. Blue does attend all the men's home basketball games, mm-hmm. as well as we're traveling to about six other away arenas at this time. Mm. Um, he tries to attend about half of the home women's basketball games mm-hmm. and all of the home football games. Mm. Uh, as for all the other sports, he tries to hit the first and the last. Uh, I think we have like 19 D1 sports, though. So if we mm. were to hit every single game, it, we would need like five dogs. It would be impossible. <laughs> yeah. um, but for us, it is that that mutually beneficial of, hey, how can we make the biggest splash? But I don't want to get in your way. But what can we do for each other to make yeah. sure that we're both uh, benefiting? So, like, we're not going to have, like, Blue doing a TikTok dance with Greg Oden five minutes before the tip-off. Like, that's not that's not good for us. Yep. But being able to make sure, hey, we just need to get a, a, a place for Blue to be safe during the game and have him out in the court is, mm-hmm. is what it's most about. And luckily for us, it, it's never been a problem. That's awesome. It is cool to just to see his role in athletics and – you know, I think, too, it, it does bring a more personable and likable aspect to mascots. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. they can just seem in the way uh, and, and really not quite as approachable because, you know, it's obviously a person or there and it can be kind of goofy if you're an adult really getting excited about a, a, uh, a mascot that isn't actually a live animal. So I think there is a, and, a greater. Yeah. Connection. One thing that I think doesn't get talked about enough is really the mental health of these athletes and what mm-hmm. they're going through. Yes. Um, yes, it's glamorous. They get to play D1 basketball. They get their tuition paid for. That's great. 
a hundred percent agree. Yeah. But what you don't realize is like, I know that our guys are headed out to Providence, Rhode Island on December 23rd, playing a seven o'clock game and they'll probably get back to Hinkle at what? 3 a.m. Yeah. Right. On Christmas Eve. Um, or maybe if it's in February, they'll have a game at Tuesday at 830, get back to campus at Wednesday mm-hmm. at 330 in the morning and have a nine o'clock class. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's a wear on these, on these students. It's a yes. lot. Uh, Absolutely. and so my hope is that while we're out in DC to get pictures with their dog mm-hmm. and to do social media antics, things like that is, yeah. well, after the game on the plane, if they get a little touch of home with them just to kind of give them a quick perk up, that's another big benefit as well. Absolutely. That is a great point and so true, right, about about the mental health of college athletes. It's so hard. It's just such a unique thing that a lot of us don't understand because we're not all at that level, right? Right. So I think that's a great point. And a good lead into my next question of what value does Blue bring to athletics? I think a lot of people – can maybe assume that mascots themselves don't have a lot of value and they're just kind of there to be there. And, but I think for any organization or university, there is a point and a value to mascots. So what value does he bring to athletics and in what ways do you maximize that? Yeah, there's a, there's a few ways. The first thing is that Butler blue as an entity is a constant. Mm -hmm. We can be consistent in that we have a live mascot. Their name is blue. They wear a blue Jersey and no matter how up and down the team is, you can count that blue will be there. Yeah. So in in the last few years, we've had our, our, our ups and a lot of downs in terms of performance. I, I don't mm-hmm. think that is a, uh, that is a secret or, or something that isn't said, mm-hmm. uh, but blue was there and blue was able to utilize his social media platform and his in-person persona mm-hmm. to, to keep that Butler tradition alive. Yeah. Um, when, when the on-court play maybe wasn't to what we wanted it to be at. Mm. And so uh, that constant is something that you can see throughout the years as well. And yeah. um, the, it's like the ties that bind us is the people who came here in 2000 had a little bit different experience than those who were here in 2010 or 2016. Mm. But they can all look at Blue as, hey, that's our mascot. So having that consistent tie-in to the university, though coaches have changed, though players have changed the facilities have changed a little bit yeah. they have that constant tie that binds them together in blue they may have not had blue four as their mascot but they know hey there's our dog that's blue yeah. um and so that consistent is huge in terms of value mm-hmm. but for, in terms of us for a, a more butler specific answer blue social media has just been a huge tool for both the university and athletics mm-hmm. um he is the most followed account in terms of all Butler accounts, wow. um, which is great. Mm-hmm. It's also, I mean, it's a touchy point at some point when your mascot has more following than your university accounts. Uh, yeah. And now that that falls under me, it's on me now too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the thing is he's a dog. People yeah. like dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just as simple as that sometimes mm-hmm. is that we have a cute dog that people love. Um, and so being able to have that, is a way for us to be more approachable. Um, mm-hmm. For for him, we have these kind of core principles that we uh, found the live mascot program on that we've recently put into words of joy, uh, personality, availability, transparency. Mm-hmm. And that's what Blue can bring to the program that, you know, maybe Coach Maddox can't do on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, it's just that availability that he can 
show the same feelings that the mm-hmm. basketball team is feeling, or he can have that on their behalf. Yeah. So uh, he can be the one and the literal furry embodiment of the Butler way that yeah. people can touch, that mm-hmm. they can have a picture of, that they can represent by having their calendar on their, having his calendar on their wall mm-hmm. to say, Oh, this is what Butler is. This is what mm-hmm. it means and what it feels like when they have him sniffing around their feet, give him a treat or a high five. It's, mm-hmm. it's a person, more personal feeling and touch yeah. that yes, if you get a picture with a basketball player, that's great, mm-hmm. but this is a more emotional tie to it for sure. Absolutely. And your point about the constant as well. I mean, even from my time being at Butler, which wasn't that long ago, to now, I mean, the entire basketball department is, is so different players to coaches, right? It's all changed. And so the only thing tie that I really have to athletics anymore is the dog, right? Uh, right. Which, which is even as an alum, really cool to see. And, and I think too, like his presence on social media is awesome. Uh, and it really is fun to see that. So I think from an alum Thank standpoint, you. it is, it's an encouragement and it makes you proud to be a part of that. So I think to your point, there's a ton of value that I think even just probably goes more towards the fan base, which is a huge driving force in, in the success of athletics. So love that point and just even learning more about the impact that mascots can have on, on universities. Yeah, and, and our point of view there is always that we treat his social media as, as, the, as the front door to the house, or mm. I like to say the dog waiting on the front porch is yeah. – Maybe he's the reason people heard about Butler or mm-hmm. are following Butler now, or maybe they watch our games when they're on TV. Mm-hmm. But he's just the beginning of all the great things that happen here. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so true. And, and really, yeah, I love the, the point you made, too, just the constant presence. And that's really a, a, fun, a fun part of being an, an alum. Absolutely. And I want to continue in, in terms of talking about what you do of, of marketing the university, but also marketing the sports side of what Butler uh, and embodies and, and it really is all about. And for some of our listeners, right, they may have a desire to get into sports marketing. So what are some of the important skills that you would identify that relate to success in sports marketing? And then as well, what impact does sports marketing have on the industry of sport? Absolutely. I think my biggest advice for for young people trying to thinking about getting into the game is you got to diversify your skill set as much as possible. Mm. You have to be a utility player for throw some sports puns in there and yeah. it's it's key it's there are so many people out there and it's so much easier for people to create their own content that these days that you have to find a way to burst through that clutter and that noise yeah. there's got to be a reason that you deserve an opportunity over the next person mm-hmm. so for me uh when it came to being a, the butler blue intern years ago it was the fact that I could do video photo as well as I was good handling the dog. Mm-hmm. It was honestly the combination of both those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I added a strategic communications double major uh, my junior year. So being able to write for the dog as well as do his design work and video work, mm-hmm. having both of those combined is what started to set me apart. Yeah. And so it really is the fact that you need to go out and figure those things out for yourselves. It's some mm-hmm. of the things you'll learn in the classroom as well, but yeah, get out there, start creating your own stuff. Yeah. Uh, try to get credentials for things, get pictures, get photos, get um, write up news stories. It's just, you can't just do one thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and nor do I think people would want to, I yeah. think that can get really arduous. Yeah. I, 
I do less and less of blues design work now, now mm-hmm. that I oversee a team of people. Yeah. Uh, however, I still love to dig in and, and do some of that uh, mm-hmm. myself. So I think that's my biggest key is to first find your passions and get really good at that. Yeah. That be your firm foundation for sure. Mm-hmm. But then find those other skills that you can foster to say and raise your hand and be like, yeah, I can take mm-hmm. care of that. Yeah. Um, I can do that for you. I can someone's out sick i can cover for them Mm -hmm. uh there's got to be that reason that you get you get picked over somebody else yeah really is a good point that there's a lot of different aspects of sports marketing tons right and and it's layered uh and so if you can diversify your skill set and try new things i think for any young professional that wants to get into sports there are so many realms so many ways you can get involved and so Try them out. See what you're good at. See what maybe you're not so good at. See what you're comfortable with and not comfortable with. Trial and error at the young stage of your journey is going to be essential. So love that you made that point uh, and just taking the chances, right, and getting getting your foot in the door really in any way that you can. So love that point. And I did want to make sure I shouted out Michael Colton, Mark. He was a huge part of your journey, certainly a huge part of, as you mentioned earlier, being 16 years involved with the, the Live Mascot program. How did your relationship with him help you get prepared for the job that you have now? Yeah, he really, um, it, it, it's weird. We have a weird relationship to where I can say he's my best friend now. Mm. Um, but he was my, he was my boss for so long. Yeah. Um, but we have, I think we're those friends that have like the three different tech, we have a text group going, uh, our dogs have an Instagram message going on right now. We have group chats. It's a whole thing. Mm. Uh, but for me, it's something I try to give on is first, he was that mentor role. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, that was key. That was everything for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was young. I thought I had the world figured out. I mm-hmm. thought I was a hot shot. Um, and I'll, I'll have to tell you this story in a minute, but for him, he, he saw potential in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, uh, m- he was most, interested in grooming me as a person than as a professional Hmm. um yes he helped me uh develop my professional skills and he was a uh, very good motivator in terms of Hmm. um he gave me a pretty this is going to be the worst pun ever he gave me a really loose leash uh he's if i had an idea he let me run with it Hmm. along the way he would give me feedback he would give me ideas he would be very honest on how things were uh, but he really gave me that freedom to run and then afterwards would would go through and mm. go through what I could do better, teach me some things uh, professionally. Yeah. But then personally, he was more about, hey, we want to make sure we're doing things the right way and for the right reasons. Mm. Um, and whenever things wouldn't go well, it would be because we kind of drifted away from those that, that foundation of yeah. the blues are supposed to be sharing joy, happiness, and kindness. Like that is the the firm foundation. If we're trying Mm. to be something we're not, then that's why it's not doing well. Um, so that, that friendship was key. And, uh, it was more, uh, of really just trying to groom me into an, into an adult. I mean, Mm. it's such a formative time. Uh, and so at the the time I thought this is a great example of, of when I was brought down a level, uh, I was, I was riding high. I was on my first trip away game with blue the third mm. uh back then they weren't allowing blues into other arenas they don't have to it's a visiting live mascot so okay. we were driving to marquette we did the whole deal of we support we surprised prospective students in milwaukee 
We did a video of the dog eating cheese curds. We got pictures and by the Bucks Arena, mm-hmm. and it was our time to it was time to leave. Uh, some alumni had gifted us tickets to the game that we weren't going to need. Um, we just if we didn't want to leave the dog in the hotel room, we just mm-hmm. decided to drive back to Indy, listen to Mark Minner on the radio, and mm-hmm. and head home. So Michael was going to go run to the stadium, drop off our tickets, and head back to the hotel. He asked me to take the dog back to the hotel, load the car, meet him out front. So I get about five feet away from the stadium with Trip, the the mascot at the time, mm-hmm. and there is a slice of pizza on the sidewalk uh, that Trip really wants. So he's dragging me over to it. He's trying to eat this sidewalk pizza. There's no way I'm going to let the live mascot eat this sidewalk pizza. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, this is all happening. I'm wearing a Butler shirt. The Butler Bulldogs were in a Bulldogs jersey, and all these Marquette fans are just walking by and laughing at us as as they know exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. So this struggle happened for about 10 minutes. My ego just goes right down to here, mm-hmm. and uh, Michael gets gets to where we are. He's like, wait, what are you doing? I told you to go get the car, and I said, look, it's pizza. He won't leave it. And in, in two stern words, he said, leave it. Dog just perked up and walked straight to the hotel. So at that moment, I knew, you know what? I still have quite a bit more to learn in, mm-hmm. in, in this in this role. Yeah. So, so that it's a funny story, but that really is uh, what is the the benefit of having that person that you can look up to is mm. is to this day I'll still call him and be like, hey, I have this this problem, whether it be a logistical problem, mm. an advice problem, a technical question. And he's still there to, if anything, just be a sounding board. Yeah. Uh, and that was huge. And and what I try to do now is to return that favor. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a big key. And another benefit of staying at a place for so long yeah. is, is yeah. returning that. I think it's important for us to remember that this is not professional sports. Mm-hmm. This is, this is collegiate sports. Yeah. Every person here, whether they are a manager on the team in the band on mm-hmm. the team, they're a student. They're mm-hmm. a student athlete. They're a student manager. Yeah. They're a student in the band. Mm-hmm. And so everything we do should be looked at an opportunity to be able to teach these students something in the process. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Love that you mentioned the personal impact that Michael had on you because I think that is pivotal in having a strong leader in your life is that personal development. Certainly the professional side, obviously, it was something that he impacted you with because you're here now and you're doing a great job. But that personal side, I think, is where the value comes from. And especially when you, to what you mentioned, when you stay at a place for such a long time, you can build that relationship with your leaders and with those that are running the program that you're a a part of, and it can really help you develop. So great point. And really is just so cool to see what this mascot program is, right? Even as a, as a, an alum and being able to be a part of when trip was there, I'm sure I was on that road trip to Marquette. Um, definitely, uh, I love going up there. It's a fun trip, but I do love that trip. Marquette area is just gorgeous. Oh, that's great. Especially with that new arena now, it's even even more fun to be up there. So oh, yeah. couldn't agree more. And I think this what you mentioned about the the, the pizza story is a good transition to this, this next question. Certainly when you have a role such as yours that is unique and doesn't usually come with such a clear playbook as to how to do it, it comes with challenges. What are some of the challenges you have faced in your role and how have you overcome those? Oh man, overcoming that that's the that's the tough part. Mm-hmm. There there's two that really come to mind. First is work life balance. I'm married, I have a wife. 
Uh, we recently moved off campus. We lived on campus for the past four years. Mm. Um, and that was great to be able to pop over for a women's game on a Sunday at two. Uh, mm. It's not an oppor- option anymore for us. It, we live about 25 minutes away from campus, so it mm. takes a little bit more effort. Yeah. So that's going to be a constant battle and a constant thing to manage for uh, anybody looking to get into the sports industry. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just what it is. Absolutely. Games aren't nine to five. Nope. Uh, Monday through Friday. Nope. Uh, so having a very understanding spouse is huge, but it also is a big, uh, a big uh, responsibility on yourself to be present in those moments that you are available mm. um, and to make yourself available when you can. I remember uh, about a year ago, I was in Meyer, probably like a Thursday at noon. Um, and I ran into John Dedman, our sports information director. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and we were both had a shopping cart full of groceries in the middle of the week. And he's like, well, we don't have time to do this this weekend, do we? We had a we had a basketball game, we had a football yeah. game that week. It was a whole it was a full weekend, so it was yeah. just kind of funny to see. Okay, it's not just it's not just me. It's mm-hmm. it's just, we have to find the time to do the things when we can. So that will always be huge. Yeah. Um, and then something else that's just really tough for me, and it's something that I do struggle with a lot is in this world of social media. Mm. the keyboard warriors and, and, and the haters, if you will, it's just, it's, it happens even in the live mascot world. If mm. you, if you can imagine that, Man. um, there, there's opportunities with yik yak to post anonymous things and, uh, other social media sites of just people who, uh, disagree with what you're doing or putting out there or just looking to get a rouse out of you. Mm. Um, and people forget that there's, there's people on the other side of the keyboard to receive that. Um, whether that be coming to the Butler university side or to blues account, it can be really taxing to get those Mm. messages. Um, because when you put so much time and effort into creating a brand of persona, Mm. you really feel that in as a representation and an extension of yourself. Mm. So, um, and that's something I really try to hammer home with the team is those messages are not coming to you. Those Mm. are coming at the broad terms of Butler university or, butler blue so mm. and it's hard to not feel personally attacked because yeah. you're the one who's getting the notification um, so that's something that is really really hard for any young professional to think through mm. um it, it's, it really pays off to have thick skin i haven't found mine totally yet uh but it is something that i think mm. people should be aware of yeah certainly I'm, I'm a sensitive guy so i can totally understand what what you're feeling and I think you made two great points. The work-life balance is something that I think in almost every podcast we've done, that's been a, a point of conversation, as it should be, right? And, and I've had experience as a student manager and in different internships that I've had of experiencing that challenge. Uh, and it's not easy. And you mentioned as well, I mean, if you're a single guy, it's a little easier, right? But when you're married and you have responsibilities at home and people waiting for you, it, it can be uh, a greater challenge. So I appreciate you sharing on that. Yeah, and I don't have kids yet. So when that comes into the picture, I'm sure it's a whole nother ball game. Whole nother ball game, no doubt about it. I remember when I was a student manager, our head coach at the time, uh, Coach Jordan. He's he's a great individual, one of my mentors, and just uh, a guy that really impacted me. And I remember asking him specifically that question of how do you balance? He had th- he has three kids. He's married, and he said, "No, it has to be a lifestyle for your whole family." can't just be for mm-hmm. you. And I think he really embodied that of how often his family was around the program and enjoyed being a part of it. So I think if you can strike that balance and find the right people around you and understanding spouse, as you mentioned, it can be 
a little easier to manage. So to, to yeah, I think that's change. a great, that's a great Jordan impression too, by the way. Um, <laughs> I think for, for us, it's difficult because we both have lifestyle jobs. She works at a church here in Indy. Mm. And I, so I think that's, it's challenging, but it's also an opportunity for both of us to support each other. So, yeah. um, there is some crossover in our busy season. Obviously mm-hmm. Christmas is, is yeah. huge for, for her working at a church. Certainly. Uh, Certainly. but when I'm able to go and support her is a great opportunity for me to show her how invested I am mm-hmm. in her role. And then when she can come to games, it's a great opportunity for her as well. So that's been mm-hmm. key for us. That's awesome. I love that too. And, and that you both can, can share in each other's work and that's, that's a huge blessing and really a, another good transition to my next question Obviously, you have a passion for Butler and for Butler Athletics, but you also have a passion for for Jesus Christ and being a follower of His. Talk to us about how you connect your faith to your role. I think for young professionals, that can be so hard to sort of bring those two things together and have those two things kind of be connected. So how do you do that in your role just day to day? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I was always, I thought I was going to work in a church. I thought that was the best way to use a spiritual gift. I thought that's, mm-hmm. that was the only way yeah. until I did realize there's ways to use your spiritual gifts all over the world. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so that really is how I try to run the live mascot program. I try to spread joy, peace, love, kindness through him. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, now I'm not saying that blue is, is, is evangelizing anybody. However, uh, that's not yeah. what he's here for. And right. that's not what I'm doing through him, right. but I can still have those foundations of mm. living my life like Christ would, yeah. um, and to spread that happiness and joy out there into the world. Mm. Um, and have that, have that in mind when I have conversations with people and just try to be the best representation that I can, mm-hmm. um, in terms of living like he did. Yeah. That's a great, great answer. And I couldn't agree more, right. Of, think about one of my favorite verses is Acts chapter one, verse eight. And this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. And he tells them that they will be his witnesses in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And the word witness, literally think about like a a place of like a court, right? And a witness goes to the stand. All the witness does is share what they saw. That's it. Mm -hmm. They don't convince anybody. They're not laying down the law. They're not the one with the gavel. They share what they saw and they move on. And so when I think about being a witness to who Jesus is, you share what you have seen, what God has shown you through Christ of how to live, right? The way we treat others and, and the witness and testimony he has. So I think in your role, you're doing exactly that. And for our listeners too, right? If you're embodying those key elements of what Christ has called us to do, uh, that can have an impact, even if it isn't with words, but more so with action. So tremendous. Yeah, it's tr- it's, it's tricky line here for sure. I mean, we're a liberal arts university. Yeah. Um, we have no religious backing and and Mm -hmm. it's important that we are fully inclusive on our channels on social media so even though i'm a christian uh blue will be celebrating every single holiday coming up this season he posts he he's celebrating hanukkah with our jewish students he's celebrating Mm -hmm. kwanzaa and christmas Mm -hmm. um so it's important for me not to use his platform to spread however to operate in my personal life and Mm -hmm. how i just live uh, and be that witness is the way to do that. And it is very important to do that. That's awesome. I love to hear that, Evan. And it's cool as well. The, the way, honestly, that I found that you were a follower of Jesus was your Twitter page. So I think something yeah. even as small as that can really be a, a good good reflection of who you are and, and what you Throw are. that in your bio. You never know what's going to happen. For real. It's so true. It's so true. 
And Evan, I think this next question too, our listeners probably have a desire to learn from you. Certainly you have a lot of experience and you are in a really awesome role. What advice would you give any young professional listening that has a desire to be in this industry? Yeah, I think, again, just double down on that. Find what you're passionate about, but then find those auxiliary skills that mm. you can mm. you can add to your, your arsenal to, uh, to really uh, set yourself apart. Uh, double down again, find yourself a, a really good role model. Find yeah. someone who is willing to put in that time to mentor you both personally and professionally. Mm. And then the other part is you have to find that passion. Um, mm. If I wasn't, I could not do this at another school. Mm. That's for sure. Yeah. I could not. People always say, hey, looks like Georgetown got a, needs a new dog. Are you going to go take over their program? And no, it, I can't because I'm not passionate about Georgetown. I don't know many people uh, who 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 go to their their games in my my really big in my portfolio of people. It's just not it's yeah. not my community. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I am passionate about the education, the the relationships, and the mm. community that Butler University has to offer. That's why I spend the time to do it. Mm. Um, it's not not always the most glamorous, but being able to lean back onto those. Uh, principles is what does it for me. And so that's, that's huge. Yeah. Uh, the more passionate you, you are about your role or your job, mm. the more important it's going to be. So maybe for you, it's, it doesn't matter if it's a specific university, as you know, mm-hmm. uh, you cannot really cherry pick what university you go to. I know nope. um, my intern two years ago, Emma, she amazing videographer, she, uh, no ties to California whatsoever, just started a job with Cal um, wow. and is crushing it because her passion is creating and telling stories uh, with video. And mm. she's doing that and doing a great job there. So really just finding that passion um, is what's going to keep that alive. And then I think it's key in all of your dealings that you have to have your own personal uh, values and, and foundation to lean upon yeah. and to remember that every day mm. of this is why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're frustrated, this is what you can lean on. This is not the kind of person I am. This mm-hmm. is not what we look through uh, perspective-wise. Um, and in terms of what content you put out as well, is it is yeah. it following that same kind of mm-hmm. uh, foundation as well? That's huge. Great points, great points. And I love that you mentioned the passion one because you think about some of the best athletes or best business owners, right? Icons that we all know. I think what makes them stand apart and be so successful is passion, right? You know, even in pro sports, there's not much of a gap in terms of athletic ability between those athletes, but some stand out. And I think often it is because of the passion. So we can take that into our industry of sport and think of, okay, what is going to make me want to push through those long nights, right? Push through those Saturday uh, night game days when I'd rather be with family, with friends, it's going to be the passion that you have. So great points. And, and my last question, Evan, it's a fun one. Uh, something that I'm curious about your, your response. What is your favorite Butler sports memory? Oh dear Lord. I'm going to have to give you read his name off a couple rapid fire. Cause there's too many. Yeah. The, the cool thing is I have some of when I was a fan and then some that I was a part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as a fan, back-to-back final four runs i mean you mm-hmm. can't you have it's the cliche answer but golly it was that fun two years mm-hmm. um but i was in high school then so it, it was it was mm-hmm. like looking through someone else's 
other of someone else's lens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then another one when I was a, a, a student fan, Rodney Sharks, uh, Rodney Clark's three pointer to take us to the championship of the Maui Invitational. Mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to be there because my sister was cheering in that. Wow. Historic gym, historic tournament, mm-hmm. amazing. Beat Marquette, which is always fun. Oh yeah, um, that was a good Marquette team too. So that was pretty great. Uh, and then in terms of uh, in the workings with this, and I'm sure you have your own own story here. But the first time you walk out onto the court of Madison man. Square Garden, man, holy cow! You just it takes a second. It does. Uh, it takes a second. Uh, takes your breath away. Then you got to remember, oh gosh, I got to make sure I'm doing my job or I got to act like I've been here before. Uh, but that was huge. Uh, it was really cool. Uh, when I walked out with trip for mm-hmm. the first time, when I was still, uh, underneath Michael, um, a video popped up. Fanta was interviewing me about trip, mm-hmm. uh, that was on the screen when I walked out and I was like, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and had to bring myself back down. So yeah. that was a big moment for me. I always love going out there. Uh, mm-hmm. it was fun this past year. We had some court time with, uh, Georgetown's mascot as well as Yukon's. Awesome. So they had blocked off the court for the three dogs just to go run around together. That's that was awesome. a pretty cool moment. Yeah. Uh, and then the changing of the collar ceremony, mm-hmm. uh, or really, I guess more the introduction of blue for the first time he was on court versus, yeah. uh, we played Marquette that game. Mm-hmm. We beat them by four in overtime That's for blue good. four. Yeah. Um, and the roar of the crowd when we brought out this little dog, he was just a little puppy at the time, carrying mm-hmm. him in my arms. Yeah. It was just like a taste of what was to come. Mm-hmm. And just to feel the potential that could be from that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a moment I think about quite a bit. Those are awesome memories. And I can attest 100% to the Madison Square Garden point. Uh, I, I did make a three-pointer. Uncontest, nice. un- uncontested uh, at Madison Square Garden. So that is a, a memory of mine. And I would just I would say to all our listeners, uh, Hinkle Fieldhouse is a place you must visit if you are a, a real college basketball fan for sure. And if you just We're so a sports fan in general, there's no place like it. Uh, it is, it is, and we've been to a lot of stadiums between the two of us. We've seen a lot of places, a ton. We are spoiled with what we get on our countless, countless. And even, I mean, there's some great, great arenas across the big East, but it's just, it's just one of a kind. It's a cathedral of basketball. And I think that's what makes it. And some not so great, but we won't throw those schools under the bus. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Evan, I just got to say, man, I'm grateful uh, for what you're doing at Butler. And certainly as an alum, it is it is really cool to see the impact that you're having. And thanks for taking the time to share with us today about your role. Of course, it was my pleasure. If you want to get involved with Uncommon Sports Group and the mission that we are on to help you navigate the sport industry as followers of Christ, apply for our academy on our website at uncommonsg.org. That's uncommonsg. Be sure to catch new episodes of the Uncommon Podcast every other week on Thursdays at midnight Eastern time. Until next time, we pray that you will strive to be uncommon by glorifying the name of God in whatever you may do. See you next time.